Good morning, everybody. How's you doing? Happy Memorial Day, and uh, it's a special day. It's been a special week, weekend, and I think we had graduation from the high school. They graduate AISD, but I know next week is uh, Wiley gets out of school, so they're almost done. I figure they're pretty done anyway. They came home early on Friday. I don't think they're going back, but um, I don't understand that, but I live out there, so I voted for it. But anyway, it's good to see everybody today. Today, um, we're going to um, talk about Memorial Day at the end of this service. Um, but today, I want to have what we call a standalone. Every once in a while, we get a chance to talk about and give a message that really that's on our heart, and we call it a standalone. And today, today's message is called Courage in the Storm. Courage in the Storm. The reason why I picked this, this message today, because what would happen last week uh, with the tornadoes coming through, and me and Pastor John have been working with the uh, recovery teams, how we can get involved in it, all the things that are happening, talking to people about how the storm affected them, but also reading some of your prayer cards, that some of you are in a, in a big storm, some of you are in the middle of a storm, things are happening in your lives. And really, God never called us to have a storm-proof life. I mean, a storm-free life, he calls us to have a storm-proof life. And, but when storms come, it can get us disoriented what's going on in our lives. And today we're going to cover a story about some guys, the disciples, who were with Jesus, and they, in, they encountered a storm, and their reaction to the storm. And I said a lot of us are in these areas of whenever we encounter a storm, I'm about you, things get, you get a little confused on what things are going on, what's happening with you. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 31, and it's a story about the guys going across the water and they encounter a storm. But as you go there, Matthew 14, 22 to 31, I'm going to give you a backdrop of what's going on. And this story is also in Mark chapter 6. It's also in John chapter 6 because it's written in all the three Gospels. And here's the amazing thing about this story. The backdrop of it is the guys were hanging with Jesus. Jesus' popularity is about to go off the chain. They just finished enduring, working with him and him feeding over 15,000 people. Fed over 15,000 people. The people were so excited that Jesus fed them, and they really wanted to do something. They wanted to take him by force to be king. And he said, that's not why I came. And his popularity is going. The guys are like sitting there. I just take, watch you take these little loaves of bread and fish and feed 15,000 people. Jesus, you're amazing. Then he told him, I want you to get into the boat, and I want you to go to the other side because we have work to do, and I'll see you later on. This is where we pick up the story. In Matthew 14, 22 to 31, it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him the other side. Why he dismissed the crowds. And when he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat at the, by this time was a long way from the land and beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And the fourth watch, and at the fourth watch, he came to them walking on the sea. Had to be there. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart as I do not be afraid. And Peter answered them, Lord, if it's you command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you a little faith, why did you doubt? Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you in this moment that you're going to teach us how to have courage in the storms. And Father, teach us about storms. Show us the difference in storms. And show them, and we able to discover what you're trying to teach us in every single storm. And we pray, Lord, today that you will speak and I will disappear. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now they're going. Jesus sent them across the water, Sea of Galilee. They sent them out. And they encountered trouble. And they said it was far away from the land. When if you look in, back in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 19, they were about three or four miles from the shore. And they were struggling. And they said they were struggling now. Some of the experts said they were struggling for over nine hours trying to get to the other side. And Jesus was up on the hill praying. And I want to unpack some of these things. Now, you can realize whenever you go to a storm, guys, you got to, you got to realize, I want you to um, sit down and comprehend. Is this a storm of correction or a storm of perfection? Now, you know, a storm of correction, we know that in Jonah, when, Jonah, when God says, you need to witness to these people. Jonah says, I'm not doing that. He gets on the boat and gets everyone else in trouble. And then a storm comes, and they throw him in a big fish. That's a storm of correction, a little discipline. Now, a storm of perfection is what really God uses to get us where we need to be and strengthen our faith. Now, this is not the first storm that these guys encountered with Jesus. If you know, and if you know your Bible, in Matthew 8, 23 to 27, Jesus was in there in the boat, and the guy said, we're going to the other side, and the, and the storm hit. Now, these are seasoned fishermen. They know the difference between a good storm and a bad storm. You know, my greatest uh, movie I love, I mean, show I like to watch is The De uh, Deadliest Catch. These guys are catching uh, all that crab. I love crab. Right? And they go to Maryland and get some crab. Anyway, they go, and they're deadliest catching. Those guys are seasoned. Every storm doesn't top them from catching that crab. Well, these guys were seasoned fishermen, so there had to be a storm that was outrageous. Jesus is sleeping in the bottom of the boat, because he's tired. And they're saying, does he not care? And I'm not, he said, Peter, wake him up. No, nah, I'm not waking him up. You wake him up, John. No, nah, I'm not going to wake him up. Matthew, you wake him up. Finally, he gets up. He calms the storm. First storm. Second storm we read about, Jesus starts to walk on the storm. So when I look at that, I said, if Jesus walked on the storm, he's our Lord and Savior, guess what? We can walk on our storms of life. Because what we call a storm sometimes is actually something of perfection. Now, how can I have courage in a storm? Because storms will take you and get you so um, confused. And we've been, we've been, I've been interviewing people about the storms that hit on, on, uh, on uh, last Saturday. And one that passes, his house got hit. He said, I heard some noise, and I looked outside, and I went back to sleep. I said, <laughs> woke up, he heard some more noise, something crashed across the house, the tree went against the house, but it should have crushed the house, and then it just stopped there. So he went out to look at the house, and he said, okay, he slipped and fell, got hurt. He went back in the house and went to bed. No one's showing up. I can't show. I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do. So he went to church the next day. That This church came out and helped him out. A lot of people didn't make it out there to see people who were hurt. But that was his reaction to it. He said he had courage. He didn't worry about it. His wife was in the hospital the week before, had emergency surgery. 
So he had, a, he had a week of all weeks. And he was testifying to us about how, God, how good God is. So I'm like, okay, I need, to sing this. I need to speak this message. When you look at it, how can I have courage in the storm? There's three things I want you to unpack. You know, wherever God sends you, he will sustain you. Now, you see, verse 24, for the wind was against him. Now, let me give you a hint. Whenever you do anything for God, you're going to encounter resistance. You will encounter resistance. Okay, get used to it. If you, if now, if you're not doing something for God, you will encounter your own resistance. Okay, you will encounter that, which is amazing. Wherever he sends you, he sustains you. Everything we do. In Matthew 6, 48, he said Jesus saw them painfully struggling through the water. He saw them. Let me show you a picture of where Jesus was. He was up on that mountain. That's the Sea of Galilee. Now, here's the main thing. When you're up on that mountain, I was in Israel, you can see everywhere. Now, I want to encourage you on your storm. Jesus sees you. Jesus knows you. Jesus knows where you are. He knows exactly where you need to go. He has you. He's with you. Now, he wasn't there physically, but here's the greatest thing about the Holy Spirit. Remember him that's inside of us? He's with us 24-7. When you think you have no energy, he gives you energy. Why? Because he's the Holy Spirit, but you got to acknowledge that he's here. Now, how do you acknowledge that he's here? you got to spend time with the Father. He saw them. He knows you. He knows your needs. And he said he came on the fourth hour between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the morning. But he stood up there. You know what he was doing? He was praying for them that their faith would not fail. Romans, I love Romans 8. It says, 34, he makes intercession for us. Guess what? If you're in a storm right now, if you're in a mess right now, he is praying for you at this very moment. Now, you might not sense it and feel it. But if you don't seek him, you won't even know it. Remember that. He saw them. He said, I guess I'll keep on praying. Prayed all night. Storm came up because it got cold over there. I've been on the sea of God. It's calm, but when it gets cold, it gets rough. Now these are seasoned fishermen. They know the difference between a good storm and a bad storm. And he said this. He meant to pass them by in Mark 6, 48. He was going to walk up. He said, hey, hi, John, Pastor John. How you doing? Oh, do you need me? Know what you're saying? Know what you're saying? Man, the faith in you, I know you're going to be all right to meet me over here. I got more faith in you sometimes you have in yourself. And you won't even access it. Your plan is safe. He's going to walk by. Why? Because he said, I'll see you on the other side. Will he lie? Did God send you, is, did God, is God got you on a, on, a, on a path right now? You think he lies? He doesn't lie. So I'll see you on the side. Oh, you need me? It's a ghost. Now, you got to understand, they was very superstitious. Okay? Very superstitious those days. They thought it was a ghost. And that, and that sea is there with all the, the pigs that were thrown into the water. When Jesus cast out all the demons in that pig, all the pigs went into that water. Said, like, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. It's dark. We can't get anywhere. If I see a pig fly, I'm getting out of here. (laughs) But I see a guy walking on the water. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. Why? Because you don't recognize who God sends to help you. God sends people to help you. You don't like it. 
well, I don't like him. Hey, he sent him to help you. You don't even recognize them. You reject them. Depends on your vision. Who he, way, whoever he sends, sends you, he'll sustain you. Here's the thing, guys. Do you trust God or do you trust yourself? Because we all have plans. But then God wants to take your plans and usurp them and put his plan in there. And his plan, listen to me, write this down. His plan always involves faith. I wish it didn't, but it does. I wish it, I wish it was simple. I can do this and do this and not do this and everything's going to happen. Happened when I was in the military. It always happened that way. If I did this, it happened. God says, no, you do that. Watch this. Watch this. I'm like, can you just give me a hint? No, if, you, if I do that, it's not faith. Then I become genie, like the Aladdin movie that's coming back out for the 15th time. What did he say in John, when he walked on the wall? He said, guys, hey, it's me. Take heart. Take heart. There's someone this morning. Take heart. Why? I love what John 16.33 says. Because I've overcome the world. If I've overcome the world and I'm walking on water, guess who's with me? You. Do you trust me? Part two is, second thing is, if you take a note, focused faith eliminates unfocused fear. Now, here's the thing about Peter. He was caught between glory and terror. You ever been there? Glory and terror. Now, it's easy because you see the glory of God, but I'm so scared. Now, it can happen to anybody. Now, my job in the military was uh, survival, air crew life support, and survival, and all those other things. I taught people how to survive in the woods, teach them how to survive in the water. Uh, in case there's an emergency happens, you land in the water, and then you, something falls on you. I don't want you to panic. I want you to get in release and tell them if there's a parachute on your head and just come out by yourself, be calm, and do this, and you will survive. Just listen to what I say. It will happen. Well, here I am, me and Ms. Donna. I love Adventure Cove. We went to a place like that with a big slide. Ms. Donna's not too clean on water, but I love water. I go down, I'm going to go down this slide, and I'm going to have a great time. So I'm having a great time. I'm sliding down this slide. Amazing thing. I hit my head. So I, you know, when you, know, you get to the end, you go, whoosh. I love that part. Right? Yeah, this is great. Not me. I panicked. When you get fearful, you get unfocused. I am going ballistic, and I'm looking up, and I'm about to drown. And I'm looking at my wife, I'm looking at everybody else, and they're looking at me, and I'm, and I'm working it, man. Everything I taught everybody, it didn't work. I'm, ah, 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 I'm dropping water, coughing and carrying on. And then I heard someone say, ah, stand up. <laughs> stand up. Ms. Don said, Rich, stand up. So I stand up. Guess where the water was? <laughs> but I focused on my training. I hit my head. I got unfocused. I thought the water was bigger than it was. I thought I was going to drown. It been the first guy drowning <laughs> in two feet water. But I was cool. 
and everyone was looking at me. <coughs> Unfocused fear makes your problem bigger than God himself. Is your faith, your faith has to be bigger than your fear. I love what, uh, um, make sure, Warren Wisby says, fear and faith cannot live in the same heart. Can't live in the same heart. <clears throat> I was trained better than that. <clears throat> I'm a disciple better than that. I wasn't trained. <clears throat> Let me help you with some of this. I wasn't trained to stand in the shore. I was trained to step out in the water. Now, who's in the boat? <clears throat> the world's in the boat trying to protect themselves. And the Christians or the religious Christians, because we put God in a box, we're in the boat too. But God calls us to be step out of the boat. Now, here's the problem we have with our boat, stepping out in faith. <clears throat> we watch other people do it. And we're thinking, oh, I should be doing it, but your fear is keeping you from doing it. Takes my last point. It's not about the strength of your faith. It's about the object of your faith. He said, Peter, <clears throat> why do you doubt? Why do you have little faith? Now, Peter didn't have no faith. Some of us don't have no faith. Peter had an ineffective faith. Let me tell you about an ineffective faith. He had the faith, like a lot of us, to take the first step. Now, we can have the option if we, lose our, we start having negative faith, we'll turn back and get back in the boat. But he had the faith, effective faith, to step out. But he had the ineffective faith to take the next step. And some of y'all are on that first step. But you won't take the next step because you're trying to control the steps. So you have an ineffective faith. And the only reason why is not about the strength of your faith, it's about the object of your faith. What happens when you have, have an ineffective faith, the object of your faith, who is God himself, becomes smaller and your circumstance becomes bigger. And you won't move. And you'll live up, you'll grow up, <clears throat> and you'll get to my age, and you'll have nothing but regrets. I should have, could have, done not didn't. Why? Because I was scared to take the next step. And it's real. It's faith enough to take the first step, but not faith, effective faith to take the continual steps. Where's the continual steps taking you? I have no idea sometimes. We wrote bulletins for this church to do this construction. Everything, everywhere we're going, guys. We have the plan that we had, God has blown it up. And I told the guy, he said, what's the deal? He said, man, the spiritual warfare of it, but not even that, guys. Man, just to, I have to write less so I can let God do more. Well, was this phase one or this phase two? Well, it was. This was phase three. This was never phase one. But he had another plan. But didn't make, I'm not going to stop. <clears throat> I got a lot more to go. I'm not going to stop to win our neighborhood to Jesus. I'm not going to stop. They didn't stop. <clears throat> doubt. That word doubt. Why do you doubt, Peter? 
It means to waver between two ways. That's what it means. See, Peter went out in great faith when he walked on the water. He went one way. Lord, command me to come. When he hit doubt, he thought there was another way. So now he has two ways. It's like anything in the Bible when it says in James, don't ask a man who's unstable in all his, when he asks. He's like, and he doubts and he asks him in faith, he's asking. He's like a wave being tossed to and fro about what's going on. Now, what happened was he saw two ways. Well, the key is he should have fixated himself on Jesus. Whenever you fixate yourself on something or someone, you don't have time for plan B. In fact, it's never in your vocabulary. But you got to step out <clears throat> by faith. You can't control it. You can't even wait till it gets perfect. I hear people all the time, well, I'll come to church when, life gets, when I get myself together. It's ne- you're never going to get yourself together. That's why you need to be with Jesus. I'll do this purchase when it's all right. It's never all right. It's never going to be all right. You're always going to need faith. Thank you, sir. That's my storm. Ever since I got this message, I've been coughing. I don't know why. But whatever. We'll just edit out the tape. (laughs) (laughs) You know... What else are we going to do? Stop? And wait till things get perfect? Man, never going to be perfect. That's what happens. You got another way. The reason why you're stuck when you're in your storm, because you already have another way and you're waiting for that to play out. It's not going to play out. Because God won't get the glory if it plays out in your way. And I'm, I'm, the, I'm the most ordered guy. I'm the guy. I want to play perfect. I used to be, I won't do anything unless it's perfect. Then I met God. You ain't perfect. I'm doing something with you, so get over yourself. What happened in verse 32? <laughs> when he got in the boat, the wind ceased. Now he didn't, now, did, did he cast out the, you know, did he cast out the demons? Did he cast out the wind? Hey, wind, I rebuke you. Stop rebuking something you don't need to rebuke. Even as he got in there, the wind ceased. You know what that meant? It meant this. This storm was used by God to perfect their faith. I used the storm so they get, and what was the result? They got closer to Jesus. He used the storm to get you closer to him. Something you need to be up a goal like Jesus, get in your word, get the Holy Spirit on you again, <clears throat> and don't come out of that room until you're ignited again with the power of God and, the, and really the, the joy of God. Nothing worse than a dry Christian. Don't look forward to nothing. But we'll study everything else but him. I mean, come on. And he calls us to have faith. You ready to go? I don't know, bro, because that's not safe. Go back in the room. You're not done yet. In fact, you can't go with us because you don't see it. When I'm full of faith, I get to see the things I don't see. When I'm not, I just see the things out. I'm a realist. I, oh, boy, please don't be a realist. You can be one for a little while, but you got to understand it isn't really real. 
You never see how things out really are. You see how things out you really are. So he stopped. So everyone said, it's a test. And now he's, you know, you know one thing about when you used to take a test in school? <laughs> Didn't you wish the teacher would say something? It's always silent. It was it's silent on that water. It's a lot of storm. Would you say something, Jesus? I'm in a boat with you. The Holy Spirit's in you. I don't have to say anything. I'm with you. Good point. When you're taking a test, it seems like it's quiet. But you can't stop moving forward. Now, this is something that's in some, I know of you. Some of you in some long-term tests. And there's some of you just in shallow tests that need to go with the ones who in the long-term test will tell you what's really real. But you got to realize, the bigger your object, the bigger my consumption. And time, it says in the other part of it, it says, when he got there, basically, when he got on the boat, because I think he picked Peter up and Peter walked with him that time. And got in the boat, they got to water. Whenever you focus on Jesus, it seems like to me time speeds up. But let me help you with this. Roman, I love Hebrews 12 too. It says, looking, being fixated, the founder and the what of our faith. Doesn't want to leave you a child. He doesn't want you to be a child any longer. He wants to perfect your faith. Who for the joy that was set before him, how can you have joy you're about to die? Endured the cross, despising the shame, seated at the right hand and the throne of God. Now, see, we got to realize our salvation don't lie in the strength of our faith. It relies in the strength of our God. Someone told me, when I was talking to them, they said, Pastor Rich, life isn't fair. I said, I know. God isn't fair either. What do you mean? I said, God isn't fair. Why would he take his sinless son to die on the cross? That's not fair to Jesus. Was it fair to Jesus? No, he's not fair. He's just. So I don't expect life to be fair. I wish it was. I wish I could explain half the things that happen. I can't. I just know when God sends you out, he sustains you through it. I know when I'm saying perfectly focused, I want to have unfocused fear. Now I've got to remember this. It's not about the strength of me getting more faith. It's about getting the object of my strength in my eyes. When I spend time, listen to me, you want to be strong, have courage in your storms. You want to start walking in water in some areas that people are waiting for you to step out. Stop looking at the superhero stepping out. There's no, there's, you're the superhero that God's waiting for you to step out. Get in your word. Get with Jesus. Be disciplined in that. And watch the object of your faith get so overwhelming, whatever it looks like doesn't really look like it. Because he didn't say it. Everything he says is real. Everything. And you won't be on the sidelines, I wish I could be like you are like them. All they did was take the first step and kept on stepping. They're no different than us. No one's no different than us. Everybody wants to make Tim Tebow a hero. All he did, he has a bigger platform, but you're the Tim Tebow's of the world. What's God called you to do? If it's a university, we got people every day. Well, I'm MPD. I got college students on MPD. 
They got raised support to be here to be on the campus. It takes faith. And they step out all the time. They can't even have meetings. And people say, I don't even understand what you're doing. I know, but Jesus will let you know that it's good, so give me the money. They don't say it like that. But they're on faith. It's not weird. It's faith. And they go through storms. But I thought I was a great Christian when I was getting two checks a month through the military. 15th and the 1st. Man, I'm living by faith. When that went away, I found out what faith really is. When I started serving here, this is faith. Not that I need the offering talk, but it helps. Because everyone get mad at me and hack off and leave. Well, I'm done. Hey, I guess I got to go to McDonald's and get me a job. But I'm not going to worry about that because God sent me here. God will sustain me through it. And my object's a whole lot bigger than my circumstance. How many would say this morning, Pastor Rich, I am, and I know some of you are really, and and I'm not making light of that. I just want to encourage you that we're in there with you, and Jesus sees you. Jesus knows every pain, every turn, every, and he loves you, but he's with you. They're both spinning around, and I don't know where I'm going, but just keep your eyes on where he tells you. It might not make any sense, but just keep your eyes on that. He's amazing. He loves you. Who ain't in a storm? I'm in a storm. Constantly in a storm. I got my storm card. You know what I mean? I just check in over here on my storm car. Here we go. Come on in, Rich. The boat is up. You know what I mean? Now, how long are you going to stay here? Just buy enough to get some need. I got to get back on the water. You'll say on Monday, he said, Pastor Rich. I said, Pastor, I said, God, I have nothing else to say. Nothing. I quit. He said, I know. That's at 8 o'clock. Go watch some sports center. Go watch a little first take. Read your Bible. Read that book I told you to read. And then by 3 o'clock, get back on the computer and get back in the game. I don't have time to argue with me. Just keep going. I'm like, do you see what's happening to me? He says, yeah, I know. That, that's why you're reading the scriptures. He said, don't read the scriptures, guys, to get faith. Read the scriptures to see Jesus. Courage in a storm. And some of y'all are my storm heroes. And when we all get to heaven and you see him in my fro, we'll be, we'll be like we do when we're, when we're overseas. We used to have our scars. You got a scar? I got a scar. Let me tell you about my scar. Let me tell you about my hair, y'all. Anyway, but, you know, that's what you have. That's what God does. I'm getting crazy now. This, 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 this thing, what is this? Is this medicated? Man, this is my wife gave me. This is medicated, bro. Okay, we got to close in prayer. Whoa. Ah, if I'm in Denver, it might be something else. Anyway, let me, let's pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you're, wherever you are, just close your eyes. Say, Father, I'm in a storm. 
And as he came on the water, he said, Take courage. It is I. That word I means almighty God who doeth all things well. I know you. I'm with you. I'm cheering for you. And I'm the one that's putting the air in your sails. You'll say, Pastor Rich, I am in a, a storm of my life. And all eyes closed. Just raise your hand so I know who to pray for us particularly. I'm in a storm of my life. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. And I know you. I know y'all. Father, I thank you for these warriors in the storm. I thank you, Lord, they already have courage in the storm because they hadn't quit. Father, I ask that as Jesus came on the water and got into the boat, Father, let them know the Holy Spirit is closer than they know to ease their emotions, to ease their pain. And Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus, comfort them in their time of comfort. Bless them. Be with them. Give them peace in the midst as they focus, become bigger in their eyes, and let us be. Let you. Let them be. Your, uh, let their desire be for you. And Father, maybe the change, the storm might not change, but Father will be changed in the midst of the storm. So I pray blessing and continue courage upon. Your people, your beloved, bless them today in all things. We praise you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.